Welcome to a special episode of the Making a Mark Wrestling Podcast. Uh, this episode, we decided to go away from our regularly scheduled programming, which is the AEW inaugural tag team tournament, to watch a match that happened at AEW's pay-per-view Revolution. And the reason we like, well, the reason I decided to take um, time out of our regular scheduled programming to watch this is because it has Kenny Omega in. It has the Young Bucks in, and it was hype as fuck. Um, and it's still a tag team match, so it's not like yeah, and it's still super a tag far team. removed from what we were already doing. Yeah, and after we always planned to, after the tournament was done, to watch like a later on AEW tag team match, and now we've done that, so we don't need to do it after the tournament now. You know, we got it out of the way nice and early. Um, so, Laura, your star rating, please. Uh, a few things before I do that. First disclaimer, my, my voice is a bit fucked up today, so bear with, listeners. I had a birthday subathon stream yesterday on my Twitch, so there was a very long stream and lots of loud talking and excitement. I played a game for part of it that was mostly reading, so it meant I was just constantly nonstop talking, and that might have been a mistake. But we did it. We're here. Uh, second thing. In a podcast first, I have a question that requires an answer before I can give my star rating. (laughs) Um, Just to make sure I'm not misinterpreting, because it heavily affected everything, and I will increase the rating if I just misinterpreted, and that's a me problem. Was all the pre-video, post-match, like, were they trying to imply that Hangman has an alcoholism problem? Um... Sort of, not really. Um, Like, he likes to drink, you know, like, every time he wins a match, he'll get a drink from the crowd and, you know, goes off and drinks. Um, And it's part of the storyline is that he likes to drink and stuff like that. But I think it was more that the books were mad at him and blamed it on the alcohol than actually implying that he has a problem with the alcohol. As, As you sort of could tell by the crowd reactions, the books were, like the heels yeah. in this sort of storyline. So Okay. I think it was just them being angry and blaming it on his, you know, alcohol drinking rather than it actually like implying that he was an alcoholic. Okay. Well then that my my rating stays the same Oh god, I forgot to kick my cat out. Yep, that's that's Tika everyone. She says hello. It's too late now. Um uh you're not gonna like this because i know you were really hyped and i'm sure you love the match and you probably thought i would too because i love kenny omega but i'm gonna give it one star because all that all this story that they pushed really hard not only was i just really turned off by it and thought it was done in a very problematic and potentially damaging way for more impressionable viewers. I also was one of the rare times I was like, too much story, not enough wrestling. Usually it's the other way around. It's like, put more story in your wrestling. But it took them so long to really get to the constant wrestling and not look like teenage boys beating each other up over a girl in a hallway and just like trading punches and spitting in each other's face and just like smack talking and get to the wrestling. Um... And then by the time they did, it was so far into the match, I was like, I'm, I want it to end. I don't care who wins. I'm bored. I literally at one point wrote, end my suffering in capital letters, because I was just turned off. 
And the reason I say I think the story was shown problematically and why I had to ask you that question. So I didn't get the Bucks are just blaming it on the alcohol. Like they're looking for an excuse. It's an easy one. But we see them saying, yeah, like you have a problem. I think I know what it is. And they take the drink out of his hand. But then they made it, they legitimized it by showing like him repeatedly walking out of interviews and then even like asking Kenny, are you worried about your partner? And it all very, it felt like we were building up to an intervention and it's like they could have just made it they could have done it differently and showed it differently in a way to make it more like the bucks are looking for an excuse this is it rather than making it seem very much like no we're actually getting like portraying the story that one of our contracted employees has an alcohol problem and we're using it for views um i'm aware that he did not like i'm not thinking because obviously it's a storyline we're writing it but something that is still such a chronic problem, something that a lot of people still struggle with and a lot of very, and there's still lots of very impressionable viewers that watch wrestling. Like I, it still blew my mind at the beginning, but now I'm aware it's like there's lots of like young kids and teenagers that watch this. And wrestling's also the type of event, both live and at home where lots of kind of alcohol frequently is consumed alongside said event. And I'm just like, I feel like you're missing your mark here with your demographic and that's not something we should be doing so casually and there was a chance for them to redeem it by being like oh maybe they'll lose and he'll address it but then they won he continues to be a brat he continues to turn his back on them and be like no I hate everyone and then someone gives him a drink to walk out with and it's like no I don't have a problem you have a problem I'm gonna keep doing my thing and it just put me off so much I couldn't enjoy the match like at all for the most part so um out of curiosity since obviously like this thing is this a storyline that has been building up since before AEW had even had a TV show so this is a storyline that's been in the works for literally like half a year you know what i mean like if not longer yeah um and obviously, they, they can only show so much of it in a video package. So, for example, that line about, like, oh, you've got a problem, I think I know what it is, and taking a drink, was one line that was said in one interview over all of the episodes of AEW Dynamite, Bin the Elite, and AEW Dark. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, I want to ask, what do you think the sort of story they're trying to tell here is? Like, what do you, like, if you had to sort of summarise the story going into the match, not after, ignoring, like, what happened after the match, going into the match, what did you think the story was? Going into the match with their video package and the way it had been edited and the clips they chose to follow up that one line from the Young Bucks. At first, I thought it was the Young Bucks are upset because they think they have tag team superiority. They've been doing this a lot longer. They're like an established tag team. Like my little title for this was Young Bucks versus Kenny and some dude. Like, I don't know who Adam Page is. I'm sure many of the people did, but he and Kenny, as far as I know, have less tag team kind of history than these guys. So at first I thought it was leaning towards they're just upset because they feel like they're less of a legitimate team and this was their thing. And, and then Adam Page didn't help by being a bit of a brat about it, about the win. But then... They showed that clip of the Young Bucks, like, taking his drink and saying, like, you have a problem. And then showing him repeatedly walking out of interviews, showing him refusing to talk about it, which is what people 
that have a problem denial hence the cliche that like admitting you have a problem is a step one and then even he wouldn't even talk to kenny about it and then they're even asking kenny with adam in the room are you worried about your teammate the way you do i feel i should clarify yeah i feel i should clarify that was nothing to do with alcohol (laughs) just to clarify but you're asking me what i thought it was without you're not i know i just just wanted to clarify literally and all this then i thought going in was this guy is an alcoholic. Well, they're trying to say, not that he is, obviously. I'm aware. It's all storyline. It's a soap opera. This guy has a drinking problem, and yet we're still going to let him wrestle. And I'm like, this is problematic any way you spin it. Because if it's if we're doing the kayfabe, like, if you want the viewers that believe this is all true, that's not a good thing to be portraying. And it's, all, it's dangerous if they believe, like, you're going to let someone that you're aware of this, but you're going to let him potentially go in the ring, drunk and compromise everyone's safety. Because wrestling... It's not something you would do if you are in any way mentally compromised because you could seriously fuck people up. Um, but then part of me is like, okay, all of us that know wrestling is fake. Well, then why do I buy into this story? Because I know he doesn't have a problem and I'm annoyed that you're pushing it. Um, like, there's, there's, there's just no way that it works. There's no way that it's positive. And it's also just such a heavy problem. There's so much connotation with it. There's a lot of personal baggage a viewer could bring to that. That it just, so that's what I thought the story was. The story was he has a drinking problem, but he's in denial. It's en- we're worried about it enough that everyone's talking about it, but we're gonna let this happen because views. And then I figured it would end with them losing and him being like, "Yeah, I have a problem," and maybe like turning down a beer from the audience member to signify I'm gonna work on this. Or I thought it would end. They win. He does what he did at the end. And then Kenny or the Bucks or someone continue to put up a fuss about it. And this, like, continues on. And, yeah, that's what I thought. And it was an instant turnoff. And then it didn't help that they got so heated about it in the match. And clearly they were heated about something different because that wasn't the story that was going on here. The story was just the Young Bucks felt personally slighted by Adam and his behavior. Not his drinking, per se. But then during the, and also then it's like the audience members held up, like there's a sign, the audience members saying, drink my beer. And I'm just like, again, this goes back to what I'm saying. If the audience, if you have audience members that believe it, this is not a good look for you. This is not something we want to be endorsing. And then audience members that don't, it's just, I don't know. It just, and then like the audience members giving him a beer at the end. It's, I realized 90% of people will not believe this and it will not uh, negatively affect anyone's habits or alcohol consumption but for the 10 5 even the one percent that do because how many hundreds of thousands to millions like how many people watch this that's a lot of people that you could the be... correct answer is nine hundred thousand. well there you go so even what's one percent of nine hundred thousand? still quite a lot of people i'm too tired to do the math in my head right now but nine thousand there you go that's nine thousand people that you just maybe are going to take that and run with it in a way you don't want them to and use it to justify negative behavior like didn't like it and then also it felt like it took and then even all that aside pure wrestling it still felt like there was just so much high school boys fighting versus like wrestling for the first whole half of the match by the time we got to the wrestling i would normally be excited for i was just so turned off i was like i don't care so in response to all that like this is sort of why i love this doing this podcast right this is like the whole point of the podcast right is like because i'm sure you thought i would love this match 
yeah, duh, Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, like, what's yeah. the to look? Um, and it's got a lot of references to, like, stuff we've already watched and, like, their history and stuff like that in the storytelling, right? Yeah. Like, there's a fucking moment where I don't know if you'll have picked up on it, but when I fucking tell you what the reference was, you're going to lose your shit if you didn't pick up on it, right? So, like, I really thought you'd like it. But, like, it's very clear that you didn't pick up on what the story they were trying to tell was and sort of picked up a totally different story. And, like, when you first said it, I was like, what? But, like, (laughs) the more you sort of, like, explain, like, did little things like him taking the drink from the audience member at the end, the crowd member saying, you know, like... Um, they sh- they focus a zoom in close yeah, shot on um, a sign saying drink. drink my beer like and again they could have chosen so many other clips to show but all they show is stuff that's directly linked to how we portray addiction and intervention in media and like, yeah like, like the, the the line in the interview like um, do, are you worried about a hangman and you interpreted that as about his like alcohol consumption stuff the more you explained it the more I was like damn I really see like how you interpreted this story this way you know like so, sort of to clarify what the story is, is, you know how I always say that one thing AEW does that, like, WWE doesn't really do much is they blend reality and story. Mm-hmm. The story of this match is that coming into AEW, everyone knows who fucking Kenny Omega is, right? Yeah. Everyone knows who the Young Bucks are. Yeah. Nobody has a fucking clue who Hangman Adam Page is. But he was apparently in Bullet Club with them, and Bullet he Club was. is a big deal, so how, do, how does no one know who he is? Bullet Club also has, like, 40 members, so okay, <laughs> some, of them, some of them fall by the wayside a bit, you know? Fair. Like, hardcore fans like me knew who Hangman yeah. Adam Page were, but, like, more casual fans, like, they're not going to have a fucking clue who he was, and you could see that. Because, like, in their early pay-per-views, before they had the TV show, like, at Fight for the Fallen and stuff like that, he got no crowd reaction yeah. at all. Nobody could have given less of a shit about him, right? But they managed to, through sort of good storytelling on TV, managed to get people to start giving a shit about him and turned yeah, him into a most, fan favourite. He, he seemed like the one the crowd was most excited for this match. Yeah. Which so also he, then negatively went with, because of the story that I took away, I didn't like that, that he's the one the crowd typed up because now it seems like, well, you've got people supporting this behaviour that we don't want demonstrated. Yeah, like, but, so what the sort of story is, is so they managed to rebrand this guy that nobody cared about into, like, one of the biggest babyface in the company who gets the loudest crowd reaction, who gets the crowd chanting cowboy shit in the middle of matches, you know? I wrote a note about that. I was like, cowboy shit. Really? Really? <laughs> um, like, and but basically the storyline is, is that he was part of, like, when they started up All Elite Wrestling, one of the factions is called The Elite. And it's, you know, it was Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Adam Page. And Hangman Adam Page felt like the spare part. You know? Like, he's surrounded by these stars who get all this crowd reaction and all this love, and then he gets literally nothing. You know, he just gets silence whenever he's walking to the fucking ring. Yeah. You know? He felt like a sort of spare part. So he started distancing himself from them. 
But while that was happening, because they're so good at blending reality and fucking storylines, that's when the crowd started to turn and started to love him as well, because that's when he started, like... Like, whenever he'd win a match, he'd fucking crowd surf and, like, take a beer from a random crowd member and start drinking it while crowd surfing on the crowd. And, like, who the fuck isn't going to love that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're at an event and, like, imagine you were watching a band and the lead singer fucking jumped off stage into the crowd, took a beer out of someone's head and started, like, drinking the beer while crowd surfing. It's fucking rock and roll as fuck, you know? Yeah. So the crowd started to love Adam Page. So then he's like, wait, so I, like, start distancing myself from the elite? And the crowd starts loving me. He's like, these guys are holding me back. You know, like, these guys are pushing me down. And so there starts been tension between him and the elite. And eventually he says that he's going to quit. You know, he like legit tells them, I'm I'm done. I'm going to quit the elite. I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. So he starts totally dissing himself from the Young Bucks. But he ends up in a tag team with Omega. And... Their tag team are really good just because they're both great individual wrestlers, but they keep having little hiccups. Like, you know their sort of finishing move where they go for the V-trigger and the buckshot lariat at the same time? Uh-huh. They kept missing that, and, like, the person move out of the way, and Hangman Adam Page had buckshot lariat Kenny Omega. So it kept seeming like, you know, there was just all this tension there, like, things weren't working out for them, he was distancing himself from the group, you know what I mean? But eventually... Just through how talented the two of them are, they became tag team champions and the very first people to challenge for their newly won titles are the Young Bucks. The people who are meant to be, you know, their friends, part of their group, the elite together, you know? And Omega's like, yeah, well, you know, they're a good tag team. They want to see if they can get the titles. You know, it's just business. Yeah. But Adam Page, like he says in that interview, is this is the best thing I've ever accomplished in my entire career up to this point. And as soon as I get it, you want to take it away from me. You know, once again, he sees it as them keeping him under the thumb, you know, like pushing him down. You know, not letting him be the star of the show because they're the stars, you know? So, you know that line where the commentator, the the interviewer said, are you worried about Hangman? That was because of all the times Hangman had accidentally hit Omega in matches with moves and stuff like that. It was saying, like, are you worried about him as a partner? You know, like, are you worried that he might turn on you? Are you worried that he might, you know, do something in the match? Yeah. You know, it sort of wasn't alcohol-related. It was to do with that constant storyline of, like, him accidentally hitting Kenny in matches and stuff like that. Yeah. So, like I say, that's the sort of story of the matches that Hangman Page sees it as, like, these guys trying to keep him under and stuff like that. And then the Young Bucks getting really sick of Adam because they see it as, like, you know, a bit of, like, a betrayal. Like, they they like they said he was a jobber in Ring of Honor and they invited him into the Bullet Club. So they see it the other way around. They're like, look, we fucking elevated you. You were yeah. a nobody before we invited you to the Bullet Club. And now look yeah. at you. You're a star. So they see it the total opposite way. And then poor Kenny is, like, stuck in the fucking middle trying to be friends with both sides, you know? Yeah, and, like, I heard those statements. Like, I remember, because I, I have a note, like, are, when they said, are they insinuating the other dude is an alcoholic? And I said, oh, apparently he was in Ring of Honor. Because that Ring of Honor line came right before the taking of the beer out of his hand. So, like, I did hear those, but clearly just the the things that stuck out and then the order of events, the way they were strung together, just that's... I guess because that's a bit more of a... Not niche is the wrong word, but, like, that would 
take a bit more to to gleam like if i maybe watched even one or two more yeah, things yeah. with them then i would have gone for that over this but does knowing the genuine story of the match change your opinion at all or is it too late it, for it that? would it's a bit of both like it i know i could consciously say it probably does change my opinion of the match it would go up to maybe like a two and a half or something but it was so often i literally i just spent the whole match angry and waiting for and that's the thing over. yeah that's that's the thing late, once like you go happened. in with that yeah once you go but, in and then with it's that. also the the pacing note still doesn't change for me what knowing that the pacing of how it started out like there was so much literally just like punching spitting just like like chops like literally just uh, like i can't get over the image of like two high school boys like fighting and then a teacher having to come break them up because like the, their teammates and the ref had to literally physically stop and be like guys stop real wrestling please none of this just just lying on the ground punching the dude to a pulp and that doesn't change it still took a long time and even no matter what the story was in their conflict i still felt like i multiple times noted too much story not enough wrestling and i don't normally have that complaint because it felt like the balance was off it was too much we're focusing on these two are are butthurt and real mad at each other you know regardless of the reason when i first called you to watch this match together like before we started you know recording this podcast and before we started watching the match i was heavily debating like all day before leading up to this i was debating in my mind should i tell laura the story going into this match i was like this match is so about the story and so about the storytelling like should i tell her the story so she can like get it I was like, and eventually I came to the decision, like, no, it goes against everything we've done on the podcast so far. The whole idea is that she goes in blind and just has to base it off of, like, the commentary, the video packages, stuff like that. I'm like, and it's a good test also of how they do their storytelling. Yeah. Because it's like, because if someone with no knowledge could get 100% the story, well, then it's just, like, good on you. Your editors know what they're, they're doing, like, 10 out of 10. But yeah, like, it's just so, I was so debating whether to actually just tell you the story going in or not, and I chose not to, and this is what happened, like, <laughs> you know. But I'm glad I didn't, because it's it's interesting to see, you know, the sort of story you actually, like, got out of it, and how it compares to the actual story that was going on, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Man, I've made so much notes about the storytelling in this match, and... Woo, that's uh... <laughs> Because, this, like, I really fucking loved this match. I think it's the best tag team match and one of the best matches I've watched in, like, years. You know? Um, like, I genuinely... Like, in terms of singles matches, there's matches I'll put up there with it. You know, Kenny Omega Ibushi. Uh, no, uh, Kenny Omega Ibushi, yeah, fine, whatever. Uh, that's not what I meant, but... Uh, I, I meant Kenny like Omega Okada... Okada and um, Osprey, Okada Shibata. You know, there's matches I'd put up there with it. But for tag team wrestling, like, nothing even fucking comes close, you know? Like, and a large part of that, like, the wrestling was fucking great because, you know, it's the Young Bucks and fucking Omega. Like, they can't go, they're great wrestlers. Like, what they do is just incredible. Um, 
But what elevated it to so good, because I've seen those guys do plenty of tag matches, but what elevated this one so much was the storytelling in it, because they fucking told such a story, like, from start to finish, like, from before the fucking bell even rung, they were in full storytelling mode. And you know, what's, like, what's hilarious is, people who don't really watch indie wrestling, you know, like the WWE sort of diehard fans, their number one criticism they give the Young Bucks is they're just spot monkeys, they don't know how to tell a story. And then here you are, yeah. like, no, there's too much storytelling. <laughs> you know? Um, but also, like, one of the things, another difference between AEW and WWE is WWE notoriously don't really reward you if you're a long-time fan. Like, if you invest over a long period of time, you're not rewarded for it, right? Like, as soon as two wrestlers stop feuding, they just pretend that feud never happened and go back to just, you know, ignoring each other. Or, like, if one of them turns heel at the end of the storyline, he'll be best friends then with someone who he's feuding with two weeks ago just because they're now both heels, you know? And, like... And if a tag team, like, splits up, you're just meant to, like, forget they were ever a tag team and just pretend it never happened. And, like, if a wrestler changes their gimmick, you're just meant to, like, forget what their old gimmick was and pretend they're a totally <laughs> new person. Yep. But AEW's the total opposite. Like, you won't have noticed many of them because, you know, you're not a sort of wrestling fan, but, like, I'll point them out as we go. Like, there's a fuck ton of references in this match to the history of these wrestlers and the history of the Bullet Club. So if you're like a long-term viewer, you are fucking rewarded, you know? Yeah. Like, there's enough storytelling in the match that you didn't get it, but like, if you were someone who had been watching Dynamite up to it and seen this tension yeah. between the group and seen, you know, the te like the rivalry between them, there's enough storytelling that even if you didn't know the references, you'd still pick up on, like, the feud in between Adam Page and Matt Jackson, you know what I yeah. mean? And Omega and Nick trying to be the voices of reason and break yeah. them up, you know, and calm things back down. There's enough storytelling in that you can get it without getting those references. But if you're a long-term fan and you pick up on these references, you're rewarded for it. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Why not reward the long-term fans, you know? On that note, that reminds me of one more thing that... Uh, regardless of my misinterpretation of the story, detracted from my personal enjoyment of the match. Because you mentioned Kenny and Nick having to be, like, trying to be mediators throughout the match and keep their head in the game. So we all know one of the, the things that keeps me from liking tag team as much as, like, solo wrestling is the whole inconsistency with, like, now we care about tagging people in the active man and now we don't. Um... For a while, this match was really good about it. Like, the beginning, they made it super, super clear, and they were making the tags really exaggerated, like, for a long time. So I thought that was going to be a thing the whole match, and I got my hopes up. And then it just became the normal clusterfuck, which is fine, because most tag teams, the point is it starts that way and then degrades. But then they, like, brought it back at the end, and then it went away again. I was like, all right, oh, no, I don't like this. Make up your mind. If, it, if we're going to do it, I want it to, like, start out and then degrade, and then we just abandon the rule rather than trying to keep me confused. And then there's also so much of, like, the the lack of tagging and them just having two people in at once all the time was also, it wasn't just for little moments. It's, like, multiple times 
the match looked like it should have ended. Big moves were landed, and the person didn't kick out. It was only because his teammate illegally came in and like pushed the dude off him or something. Like, well, if anyone um, could do that, this match would go for a literal fucking year. I was going to say, just just like just for the record, you are allowed to come in to sort of break up a pinfall, like even but in all tag teams. What's the point of that? That's so stupid. That's, oh, see, that bugs me. I'm, I hate that. I hate that. I hate every bit of that. I mean, even with like how it got towards the end, like even then, this match was still miles better than some of the matches we've watched in the tournament so far for like the tagging. Like it was still at most yeah. times it was clear who was the person who was meant to be in the ring and who was the person who was meant to be out of the ring. Like you could always tell who the legal man was. You know what I mean? Like even when there were multiple people in the ring, it was pretty easy to keep track of who was who. Whereas in some of the matches in the tournament so far, that is not the case. Sometimes you just totally fucking forget who's actually meant to be in the ring and who isn't because it's just pure chaos from start to finish. I think for once, do a change of pace, let's do some... 180 and we should go through your notes instead of mine because mine are all pretty repetitive and like heavily colored by like that my my interpretation of the story and stuff like that um and then i can this is the most notes i've yours. ever written yeah for an like that too like, you know, <laughs> and you're the one who really liked this match of one so i say we do your notes and then i'll just like slide in the ones of mine that are more relevant or like a bit different from just me repeating myself over and over again i think this is going to be pretty comical as well because like my first note pre-match package explaining the feud between the two teams the drama between the hangman adam page and the young bucks with kenny in the middle it does a good job of summarizing their tensions at least I thought it did a good fucking job. Yeah. Whereas mine said, the music make this intro feel it's supposed to be... Also, because the music was very serious at the start. It was very emotional, at least to me, like, supposed to be. So it also, to me, it added... Not, like, the hype music, not, like, rock music. To be like, it was a bit somber, which is why I also then led into my thinking we're going with this guy's an alcoholic situation because the music made it feel like, no, this is, like... This transcends wrestling. This is important. We want you to pay attention. Um, and then my first... So are the Bucks just butthurt? They haven't won? I don't get why they're upset. Wait a minute. Are they insinuating the dude's an alcoholic? This And it, it's unsafe for him to wrestle? This is really problematic. I'm not sure if I'm behind this choice. Going on and on about his, quote, condition. If it was really a problem, they wouldn't let him wrestle. But for the younger, more impressionable fans, this is a bad look. Audience members even have signs saying, drink my beer. Their audience members are endorsing alcoholism, question uh, mark. Do you want to actually know how his alcohol <laughs> consumption is portrayed on the sort of weekly show? I'm sure it's just like he's probably just has a beer post-match and is like, yeah, I did a yeah, good that, job. That's, like, that's, that's literally it. It's every time he wins a match, he'll just get a beer from the crowd and drink yeah. their beer. But uh, that's like, not how it was. Yeah, like, so it is proper casual alcohol consumption. It is not like he's oh, never also, slow in his words match, or stumbling around. This match too, or... and he didn't just like go out in the end. He came in with a beer at this match. He held one walking out and then gave it to someone. He started under the influence, which also added, like, not actually, but in, in yeah. visual things. But I'm just like, in, in on the weekly show and stuff, he is never portrayed as like, as, he's never portrayed as like a typical drunk. Like, he's never you know, slowing his words or, like, stumbling yeah. around the place or, you know, like that. He's never shown to sort of been intoxicated in any way. Yeah. He just likes having a beer when he wins, you know? Can't blame him. 
Well, I can because I don't drink, but you know. <laughs> that, that's also yeah, why I was shocked that you were so. Because I, I, and and I should have maybe thought of that because I know you. I know you're very anti-alcohol. So I, my head probably should have had a moment of why would Hanzo like this match so much if this is the look? But then I was like, maybe the ending is him going, "I'm giving up alcohol. Like I have a problem," and that would be why you liked it so much because it's also reinforcing. Hey, look, guys, alcohol sucks. <laughs> Which for the record sure alcohol does loved. suck yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah so that's also why I had a maybe a millisecond maybe I should have thought about it more but I thought that why you still really liked the match was because that was how the ending was going to go but anyway. yeah I think the world would be a better place without alcohol just putting it out there <laughs> <laughs> there was one bit in the uh, pre-match package that I had to make a fucking note on which was there's a moment where I don't know if you saw it but like someone jumps off the top rope at Nick Jackson and he super kicks the dude, and the dude oh, just fucking yeah. crumples it. Like, dude, he looked like he was dead. Like, he literally he looked did. like Nick just fucking killed the dude. Like, that was a good sell. Like, a hella good sell. Dude literally sure. looked like he was dead. Um, and then my next note, we cut to like a... Oh, quick sidebar. Kenny had a shirt that said, video game music is music. And I was like, yes. Yes, ten yes out Kenny. Win. He's, Kenny Omega's a fucking big ass fucking video game nerd. I like love one it. of his one of his entrances once had like Undertale graphics and the Undertale music playing. Well, I mean, think about it. who the OG one winged angel is. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's I was Sephiroth, gonna say, and his finishing so... move is a reference to fucking Sephiroth. You know, yeah. <laughs> like. Um. And then I skipped sort of like to, because I didn't really have many comments on the intro package because it was less substantial to me knowing the story, I guess. Um, so I skipped to like the entrances and my next note is on like the fucking multicolor like LED bracelets the audience had, which are fucking awesome. I've been to so a cool. conference where we were all given those and for certain parts of the performances in the conference, like they all coordinated, it looked so sick. So yeah, cool. they, they were coordinated here. Like, whenever someone's intro music would play, and they'd like flash in rhythm with the music, and they'd bid up person's colors. So, when it was like Adam Page with all the bright reds and oranges, the bracelets would be like bright reds and oranges. When it was Kenny Omega with like the purples and blues, everyone's bracelets were like purples and blues, you know, and it was all flashing like in coordination with the music and stuff. Fucking awesome. 10 out of 10. Um, and then the next thing is that. Did you notice that, like, you might have noticed it because the commentators also point it out, which I thought was a great bit of commentary, is that the Young Bucks come out together. You know, they are brothers. They come out hand in hand in fucking unison. Like, they are a proper unit, a tag team. Whereas Kenny and Hangman Page came out separate. Yep, noticed that. Yeah. And like I say, I like that the commentators actually pointed that out. That was like a good I, bit of commentary. I see. I thought they might have just done it as well, like they pointed out. But if they had it, my guess would just be because because Kenny deserves his own intro because he's Kenny. Plus, he technically is one like a founder of AEW, isn't he? Right? Like, if you yeah. cared to tout that title, so you, you know the fact that <laughs> like you know I said it sort of blends like reality and story. The fact that you're like, oh, Kenny deserves his own intro. And he you didn't say this, but the implication is, and Adam Page doesn't. Like, no. you know, it's it, it, it like, once again, plays into that storyline of he was a nobody coming into AEW and he feels that the elite were pushing yeah. him down, you know? Like, I have, I just have a note, just a very long, yes, for Kenny's entrance. <laughs> Kenny's also, so the good. production value of his entrance was lit, music was lit, pyro, the, the lighting. I was yep. just like, yes. 
Um, my next note is that um, I also had a quick that, note about all their wardrobe because they all looked pretty bomb. I, I like Kenny's the one feathered wing. One. Yes. I know. <laughs> every every time Kenny's wardrobe, I'm just like, yes, I love. I, I just love how hard we lean into this one winged angel thing. I dig it. I'm down. I just love his colour scheme as well, like the blacks and blues and dark purples and oh, it's just so good. Uh I like how when that hangman comes out, he just goes right to Mac Jackson and just gets like right in his fucking face and just starts yelling at him. Like we're kicking kicking right off with the drama, you know? No no hanging like messing around. I had a note about that and again it leaned into because he held a beer when he came out and then I was like, Is this guy already so wasted that he can't even wait for the match to start? He just is already gonna lay into this guy and I said Kenny can't even seem to control hangman. Like Kenny's trying to be like, dude, 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 like push him away. It's not working. Also, this is the only match I've ever seen where a ref had to physically, like, touch, like not like, but like full on, b- throw his body at Hagman and like block him from getting to a guy because he was like losing his mind and being inappropriate. And he's like, "No, dude, can't do that." And like this, it's a wrestler and an average sized human for the ref. And I'm like, "You're a brave soul." Godspeed, sir. <laughs> like you know, he's, he's already his full body just up against and like arms up, just trying to make himself. It's like it's like what they what you say to do when you see a bear: make yourself look as big and scary as possible. And this ref's trying, and he has his full full body just up in Adam. Like, dude, you know dude. how we always say red shoes is the best. Yeah, there was once a moment in a fucking New Japan match where one of the wrestlers was like holding on to the top rope when he shouldn't have been like and the ref was telling him to let go of the rope and kept telling him to let go of the rope and the guy wouldn't so red shoes does like a fucking jumping kick and like kicks the guy's hand off of the rope that's so lit i fucking love red shoes dude the idea of an old man jump kicking someone like to get them off the rope is 10 out of 10 um next note is just that kenny easily got the biggest reaction out of any of them when the music starts like, once the match got going, Hangman Page probably got the loudest reaction out of anyone, but, like, just for their intro music and, like, their entrance, Kenny by far got the fucking loudest reaction. Like, the crowd loved him. Um, I will say, I'm, I, I cannot think, I can think of very few dumber chants than just chanting cowboy shit. I'm like, fuck it, really? Really? We, we have comes- nothing, we have nothing better. Like it comes from a promo he did once where um still... he was setting up a match with um against Pac and it was gonna be on the pay per view and he's like Oh, you think I can't wrestle, blah 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 blah. It's like at this pay per view we're gonna see some real cowboy shit and the crowd just sort of loved it and it became his it became his thing. The crowd just chants it every time he's in the ring now. I think it's also just that the crowd likes a chance to swear, since, you know, there's not much swearing on TV, you know. Um, and then also that the Young Bucks got booed, which you've seen the Young Bucks are like, they don't always get booed everywhere, you know, they're pretty popular. Yeah, I found that really weird. I was like, this is not something I ever So did the commentator, did you hear the commentator? It's like, not what I was expecting. Yeah, exactly. But it, show, it shows how good a job they'd sort of done with this storyline of, you know, building up Han- Han- Hangman Adam Page to be like the star and building up, you know, the Young Bucks to be the sort of bad guys of the storyline, you know? Yep. But one thing about this storyline that I really like is one thing AEW said they were going to do 
is they don't like the traditional roles of like heel face like a definite this is the good guy this is the bad guy some of their storylines have that like the one i showed you the clip i showed you where the guy whips the other dude like it's very clear there who's the good guy and who's the bad guy one of them is on his knees getting whipped with a belt the other has been a sadistic asshole. like yeah he's pretty clear who the good guy and bad guy are but like in this storyline like adam page feels he's been kept down by the young bucks the young bucks feel that adam page is ungrateful because they turned him from like a jobber into the star of a brand new company you know like there's not really like a sort of good guy bad guy here like it's just a group of friends who have legitimate sort of like grievances with each other and just see things a different way you know and i love that i love that like it's a it's a more like sort of natural and legitimate sort of storyline you know because the real world doesn't have like many this is a good guy this is a bad guy you know mm-hmm. also it's not very often you see the crowd cheering for the guy who then immediately spits in someone's face so that's a very heel thing yeah to do. once once again showing that there aren't definite you know good guy bad guy mm-hmm. you know yeah, and then the next note is that Hangman and Matt once again start sort of butting heads against each other, and Omega and Nick come and break it up. Mm-hmm. Which, like, this is a reoccurring thing through this match, is that poor fucking Omega and Nick just want to have a legit wrestling match where they just try their best against their friends, and whoever's the better team wins. And Matt and Hangman are the ones that are, like, taking it too far and getting carried away and getting really mad and, you know, getting in their feelings. Yep. Um, and Hangman even actually, like, when Omega breaks him and Matt Jackson up, Hangman actually, like, gets mad at Omega for breaking it up. Because Hangman is an angry, angry man. He's an angry boy. Uh, my next note is about Nick being just a fucking ridiculously athletic human. Oh my god, right? He is, like, a human highlight reel. Like, he's fucking insane. Like, we're literally, like, like, not even five minutes into the match and this dude's, like, fucking jumping on all the you know, top ropes and, like, yep. flipping everywhere, and it's like, what the fuck? Dude? Yep. And then, when him and Omega, after doing this, like, sequence where Nick sort of gets, like, the better of Omega, they split up, and then just give each other, like, a nice, like, you know, fist bump. You know, like... Oh, are we... Is this post the part the first time they go out, like, Matt um, and Hangman go out in the apron? Because after he's, like... Because Kenny had to break that up, and then he literally had to be like, "Dude, get back!" You heard him say, "Get back in the ring!" Like, oh, what? Stop that's, beating on it. Are that's we, way, we're not there um, yet, right? Okay, okay. Yeah. Just making sure because I have a specific I, thing su- I want to Yeah, I'm still there, super yeah. early on in. Like, okay, I'm okay. like right at the very start. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, so Omega and Nick like just give each other a nice friendly fist bump, and like, you know, well played, and like they go and tag out to Matt and Hangman. So like Omega and Nick have you know been friendly with each other. They just had like a little respectful wrestling sequence and then yeah. fist bump each other and go their separate ways, and tag in the other two who aren't so friendly <laughs> towards each other. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's put it that way. So Matt goes to try and give like Hangman a handshake, but it's it's like a sarcastic handshake. You know, like you don't legit want to give him a handshake. He's okay. just been a douche. So, Hangman responds to him being a douche by also being a douche. Because, you know, an eye for an eye and all that. And spits in Matt Jackson's face. 
And what I sort of like about this is that they didn't do it like a fake spit or anything like that. They full on just went like legit on it and like they even zoomed in with a camera on this like glob of spit on Matt Jackson's face. Yep. It's kind of grim, but it looks way more impactful than if they just like pretended to spit and you didn't see anything, you know? Also, though, added to my not enjoyment, this is one of those weird moves. It just seems like so... I mean, clearly it's effective at uh, evoking a response, but it just seems so personal and so, like, unnecessarily, like, rude and, and disgusting. And every time I see it, like, not even in this context, because like, if it's happened once or twice, other matches we've watched, every time it's, like, instant turn off for me and it just makes me, like... Uh, but I guess that's the point, though, because it evokes a very clear response from your audience member and how we want you to feel in this moment about this gesture, so... But and Matt, like re- Matt responds to the spit in by punching the crap. F- out yeah, of punching it. the crap out. Like just pins him down and just keeps punching him. So Omega like the first and- of many boys fighting in the hallway moments. So Omega and Nick are like, guys, calm the fuck down and go and like you know separate it. And like Nick actually like drags Matt to the corner and he's like, Matt, you're tagging me in. Have a timeout. Sit in the corner and think about your actions. You know, <laughs> literally times his brother out. Like fucking makes him tag him in so that he can have a fucking timeout in the corner. I, I just that tickled me for some reason. Um, so Nick comes in thinking like, oh, I'll I'll you know go in there with Paige. Like it's not me he's mad at. It's Matt. I'll just go in there and have a nice calm wrestling match with Hangman Adam Page. And then Paige just stiffs the ever-loving shit out of him. You know? Like, he just hits him with a proper fucking stiff strike. No Mm -hmm. holding back. So Nick's like, okay, fuck this guy. I'm with Matt now. Let's fuck this guy up. And Nick just, like, goes to town on him. But I just love that moment where early on Nick's like, oh, no, I just want to have a nice respectful... And then Paige, like, is so caught up in his emotions that he lashes out at Nick as well. So Nick's just like... Which okay, again, I interpreted it as, are we going with it's because he's under the influence, so he's acting out of pure emotion and instinct and not logic, and he's not thinking about, it's just wrestling, this is business. <laughs> nope, he's just a petty arsehole. <laughs> I don't know if that's better or worse, but... That's <laughs> a petty arsehole, I guess. Um, so eventually, like, Hangman gets back on the offensive, and... In a classic sort of dick move, like, Matt Jackson notoriously has a really bad lower back. Like, not legitimately, but, like, in storyline, he's always had really bad back, right? Lower back. Yeah, and the commentators mentioned that. Yeah. So, Hangman Adam Page, being an arsehole, starts just hard focusing Matt Jackson's lower back. Which, like, if that was really a friend that you were in the ring with, and you cared about his well-being and stuff, you don't focus his injury. You yeah. know, that's a dick move. But you know, the crowd's cheering for Hangman, despite him well, being a total asshole. Well, you say that, but then they focused Kenny's shoulder after. They do, was later it, on, was it yeah. Just be, was it just because they're like, fuck this, you pushed us to that point, that even though you were the mediator, we're now mad at both of you? Cause... Well, one of the things that you'll notice is, you know, I was saying there's that storyline of how Omega and Nick are the ones that have been sensible and reasonable, and yeah. it's the other two that are getting really caught in their feelings? Yep. It's Matt... You know how, like, how... Hangman Adam Page was really mad at Matt, but then when Nick came in, he took it out on Nick as well. 
that's it's the same thing reversed. Like Matt's really mad at Hangman Page, not Omega, but he gets so caught up in his feelings that when Omega gets in the ring, he starts doing it to Omega as well. Until Nick comes over and he's like, dude, that's Kenny Omega. What the fuck are you doing? And that's when we have that moment with Matt where he sort of like looks down at like the band. He's just like the bandage is just ripped off Kenny Omega. And he's just like, shit, the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, and just gets this like (laughs) overwhelming sadness across his face. Oh, I love it. Inject it straight into my veins, please. Because also the, the the focusing his back thing. Because my first note when he hits him, because of course Matt like lets out a big ass like yell, like dramatic, like you'd think the guy he just got stabbed. And my first note was let me find it. I was like, was that massive yell really necessary? The hit to his back didn't even look hard enough to make me cringe in my chair. And then I went, oh, never mind. He has a back issue. I get it. Because they immediately then answered that for me. Yeah, so. but like that's the sort of storytelling that I really like loved in this match was the like say that sort of synergy you know how hangman page is mad at matt but then takes out nick because he gets too carried away and then matt does the same thing like he's mad at hangman but takes out on omega because he gets carried away and like but then like has this moment of realization that he is doing that and like sort of just gets like regret and sadness like come over him like you can see in his fucking facial expressions how like sad he is in that moment and it ah it's so good um this is like um and then we have um after he's focused Matt's Jack Matt Jackson's back, he goes over to tag Omega in and does it by slapping his chest. Like even though Omega's holding his hand out for the tag, Hangman Page ignores it and slaps his chest instead. Because as we always said, Hangman's a bit of a dick, and he's so caught up in his feelings that he'll even take it out on his own tag partner because he's a dick <laughs> I'm not quite sure why the crowd loves this guy so much because he's a dick but the crowd loves him for some reason Um, and this is where we had that moment then where Hangman goes to like slam Matt Jackson through the table which you said you wanted to talk about before he like you see him get him out the apron and he's gonna go do whatever it is he's gonna do on him but he's literally like being verbally rude to be abusive to like the i don't know what if they're staff members like like they were they worked they weren't just audience members they were in the area i don't think they were commentators though but he was being he's like just get out of my way and like yelling at the people which again because of the interpretation i had was like is that really necessary is this just increased volatility because of this like alcohol story we're pushing and i just didn't like it and i was like do you really have to like they're gonna get out of the way you're massive ass dudes fighting they're gonna move you do not need to tell them to get the fuck out of your way like i say it's so weird to me because they're so clearly portraying hangman as a total asshole but he's getting like the loudest reactions of anyone in the match you know (laughs) yeah which i didn't like made me annoyed don't like it um but yeah good old omega comes to the rescue because like once again we got this ongoing story that he's him and nick are the voices of reason he's like dude no he's he's our friend you're not putting him through a fucking table get back in the ring so hangman listens and then 
that's I was like, also that that was i wrote a note like too much melodrama can we get to the wrestling please like i enjoy kenny breaking it up because i enjoy seeing like you know some mercy some human just empathy and be like dude enough but i'm also like this is going full-on soap opera and i don't know if that's what i want from this match and that's also then we got this is where we sort of sort of say to get to wrestling because after they go back in the ring like matt jackson manages to like tag in nick jackson and Nick just fucking goes off on one. Like, he just does the most flippy, flippy flips that I've ever flipped. You know, like, just <laughs> non-stop locomotion, taking out both Hangman Page and Omega just single-handedly. Yeah. And there's a bit at one point where he's running, at, like, Hangman Page and stops just to give Hangman Page a middle finger. Which was hilarious. Um, and there's I a bit where... I also say, I did like that as soon as Kenny... And got them all back in the ring after that because he was all like, dude, enough. And he like intervened, right, to stop him from willing on the guy. So I was like, oh no, is this match going to go forever? Because now Kenny's like heart isn't in it or Kenny's like not going to want to actually like go full out because he knows his partner is being us. But then he immediately goes for like some good chops and stuff back in the ring. I'm like, okay, he still wants to win. He's still Good like, chops. They were fucking so loud. Holy shit. Well, yeah, but either I was just, I was just happy to see it. it's like, all right, you still want to like, you know, you're, you're in it to win it, but you also still are like, I'm yeah, you just don't want like, to end the man's career. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. um, and yeah, so Nick goes fucking crazy. And there's a bit where like he jumps out of the ring, like he does a backflip onto Omega takes him out and then goes to jump into the ring to do a move on Hangman Page and goes, Hey, Adam Page, suck it. <laughs> Fucking tickled me. So loud. Um, and then, like, Matt Jackson gets back in the ring, spits at Adam Page, um, you know, getting revenge on him for spitting on him. He does a fucking brutal looking pile driver. Like, holy, like, he fucking pile drivers the shit out of Adam Page. Yeah, I had a note about how that looked. Oh, it looked so bad. <laughs> Legit. Um, then there's a bit where... This is another one that you won't have noticed. You know, I don't know if you'll remember it, like, just off by heart, but where Kenny has one of the young books and Adam Page goes, Hey, Kenny! And he's got, like, his foot up in the turnbuckle and Kenny throws the young book, like, into Adam Page's foot. Yeah, into like, his foot. I, yeah. yeah, I remember that. That's one of the young book's moves. They like used that's one of the young books' own move on them, you know. Once again, that's one of the sort of small things, you know, little bits of like reward for long-term fans, you know. Um, and then there's a bit where Hangman Page tags in after that and like goes, you know, beats up Nick a bit, but then he just throws Nick into his own corner and he's like, "Tag Matt in." I, I'm. It's Matt that I want to fuck up. Tag Matt in, let me at him. Like, yeah, see, that also pissed me right off because I'm like, okay, well, you're all uh, pissed off about you're trying to take this title from me. Well, then just go for the win. Stop with the, the drama and the petty, like, your personal bullshit and do the match. Like, if you want, it also let me into the I don't think he's in his right mind, per se, because he's so hung up on this personal vendetta rather than getting the win yet he's all like you're trying to take the most important thing i've done well then defend your title stop being an asshole and then we had one of the coolest fucking moments in the whole match which is like adam page throws nick over like the top rope onto the ramp but nick like flips over 
lands on his feet, then runs back to the rope, flips into the ring into a fucking Canadian destroyer. Yeah, that was awesome. We've said it many times, but Nick Jackson, fuck, he's so ridiculous. And also, here's where we start getting into the references to other wrestlers, right? Because, you know, after that, the Young Bucks got Adam Page up on the top rope. Mm-hmm. And they did a move where they, like, one of them got, like, him in a headlock and, did, like, did a sort of backflip off the top rope and brought him down to the mat. Do you remember that move? Yes. Is the finishing move of a tag team called the Motor City Machine Guns from Ring of Honor. Reference number one. Then, one of the, um... Adam Page goes for like a super kick on one of the young bucks, so, so, the, so the young buck puts his arms up to block it, and Adam Page kicks him in the knee then instead and takes him out. And then he does like a fucking spin on the floor and yells, chicken wing, and then does a chicken wing. That's a I reference find it to... hilarious there's a move called a chicken wing. It made me chuckle. That's a reference to one of their old Bullet Club team members called Marty Skrull who was also in Ring of Honor and a Bullet Club. And then Adam Page gets Matt Jackson on the top rope, fucking lifts him up while on the top rope, and does a fucking backflip whilst carrying another human. Yep, because not because he's not human. He's <laughs> uh, and that's actually a reference to Bandido. Another Ring of Honor wrestler, because that's one of Bandido's signature mm-hmm. moves. Like, there's just so many references to, like, Ring of Honor wrestlers or New Japan wrestlers or, you know, Bullet Club wrestlers. Yeah. Like, This um, is also a point in the match where I have a note that, like, I started getting what I'm now calling, I don't know if this is a real term, but... Or, like, it, it's the beginning of the sequence that leads to me getting pin fatigue, because... We start seeing pins at this point because it's been going on long enough that there's viable like opportunities, big moves being thrown out to him. And another thing just took away any match where it feels like there's there's only been one ever like exception to this, and it was like the Omega Okada stuff because they're they're just at their own level. And but this was like every time someone kicked out, it just got more and more. I was like ready to just like claw my eyes out or like punch the screen. I was like, end it already, please. No. Especially because I started looking just so tired. Like there's one point a bit later where there's Kenny literally could barely, in the commentators could barely stand. And I had a note that he looks like you could knock him over with a feather, but then they pin him and he kicks out before the one. Do you not know why? Did you not pick up on the reference? No. Do you know why he kicked out at one? No. You know how he was in a long-term tag team with Kota Ibushi called the mm-hmm. Golden Lovers? Yeah. The Young Bucks did him and Kota Ibushi's finishing move on him. And you know what Kenny Omega and Ibushi's relationship is like? Yeah. Omega's like, I am not losing to mine and fucking Kota Ibushi's move. Like, well, that I, is not I a think thing that been that's great. about to happen. <laughs> And then if I'd known that, it wouldn't have bugged me as much. But even knowing that, I still think that would have been great if it had happened 
earlier, or if he'd been playing up less of the, oh my god, I'm so, like, he was holding his arm, he was swaying, he could barely stand, I'm like, and yet you all of a sudden, magical energy to kick out, or it's like, I'm not gonna lose that move, fine, but then kick out in between the two and the three, like everyone else always does. The fact that you can do it before the ref even said one, because all of a sudden you're like, no, I'm fine enough to be like, nah, this isn't happening. Like it, it, it just took away my believability for how well, tired you are. It and wasn't like, that it was. Care. It wasn't that it was fine enough to like because he went right back to not being able to fucking wrestle. It was just that he had enough energy to break out of a pinfall, and he like you know. It, but it still to me just reads as not believable. And I don't know. I, I think like that. Like if he'd have gone in straight into wrestling, I'd have said it wasn't believable. But just being able to kick out one pin, I think at that point is believable because like. You know, that that sort of shit happens in, like, real life is, like, if someone says something to piss you off when you're knackered, it can, you know, you can get, like, a fucking sudden emotional burst of energy. Like, that is a real thing, you know what I mean? Like... I guess I don't like it. <laughs> oh, I popped... So hard when that happened, dude. Like when he ki- when they did him and Kotobushi's move on him, and he fucking kicked out one because it's him and Co- like him and Kotobushi are just so a thing that he was like, I'm not losing to our move. Like I refuse. Oh, mm-hmm. I fucking lost my shit, dude. But once again, that's another reference to for long term, you know, fans. Like if you know Kenny Omega and his history with Ibushi, boom, here you are. You're rewarded for it. You know. Um, but regarding the, what you, you know, termed, like, uh, pin fatigue, right? You're not the only person who gave this match that criticism. And it's actually a criticism a lot of, like, Kenny Omega matches, Kenny Omega matches get, and Young Buck matches get, and just a lot of modern wrestling matches sort of get in general. Um, especially from sort of, like, older fans generally tend to get annoyed at it. Um... But I think it comes down to, I don't mind it all, like I didn't feel it with this match, but as we can, you know, have learned, I was hella more invested in this match and was enjoying it way more. And I think that's the key point. If you're invested in the story they're telling and you're enjoying yourself, you just get more hyped with every like close pin that happens. You know what I mean? Like you get sucked in and you're like, is this going to be end? No! Oh my god, like, another kick out! Oh my... You know, and you just start getting more and more hyped. But if you're already sick of the match, and they keep kicking out of everything, you get, like, what you're like, you know, which are like, can it just end already? Fuck. I do, you know? I do agree <laughs> with that, because, like I said, because, and I said other than, and I referenced, yeah, yeah. like, the Kenny Okada, and I said, because they're a whole other level, but it's also because I was invested in that story. So I, I do think that's 100% fair, and but, I think so another, I would say pin pin fatigue is subjective. It's only you only get it if you're already like kind of predetermined mm-hmm. that you're not enjoying the match. But I wasn't, so it it, it was happening. And also, um, another thing that I think makes a difference is how important is the match. Like if it's a match like this, where it's the end of like like well, it's not even the end of it because they kept on the feud. But if it's like the sort of payoff to like a half a year long sort of storyline on a major pay-per-view i'm fine with if there's ever a moment to go all out you you know that that's it but if it's like 
just a regular weekly match on fucking AEW Dynamite with no build-up to it. No. Like, one person hits an important move and ends the match. Like, get it done with, you know? Like, there's a time and a place for it, you know? Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, agree. Like, one of the things a lot of the older fans get really annoyed at is when you watch, like, indie matches, a lot of indie matches are really bad for this. I like, you know, you'll see a lot of indie wrestlers that just literally little local, like, indie shows kicking out of fucking all sorts of crazy shit. And it, like, it makes no sense because there isn't that build to it. There isn't that importance, you know what I mean? Whereas, like, in a situation like this, where it's, it's a title match on a major pay-per-view that's, like, the culmination of a half-a-year-long storyline, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it in that situation. Mm-hmm. In other situations, I could see that, like... For example, um, we got annoyed at it. I remember me and you getting annoyed at it in um, Johnny Gargano and Almas. Oh God, yeah, that just kept going. And part of like part of that was like, yeah, it was a title match and on a pay per view, but it just didn't really have like any real like storyline or emotional investment. You know what I mean? It was like just a match between the champion and the challenger. You know, like it didn't have that build up to it to get you emotionally invested enough in it to care about these kickouts. And that led to, you know, kickout fatigue. Um So I definitely think like that can be a valid point, but like I say, I think context and also subjective enjoyment of the match matters a lot when that you know, that's sort of a criticism. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, we're sort of getting towards like um, the end of it now. The next sort of moment uh, I had was about it's something we already discussed, but it's you know Nick stopping Matt when Matt's stamping on Kenny's shoulder, and then you know Matt realizes what he's done and just looks sad. And then we've got a moment where Kenny tries to do the one winged angel, but because Matt has like been stamping on his shoulder, he can't like lift his arm high enough to do it. So Matt manages to get out of it. So then fucking Hangman Page tags in and does a fucking one-winged angel of his own. I know. That part I will say I was hyped for because I did know at one point I was like, I don't get why Kenny doesn't just pull the angel because I know the history. That like No one's kicked out of it. So why doesn't he just do this? And then it's over and we can end this because clearly things are going off the rails. And then he waited so long. It's like, okay, well, now he tried and he can't. I didn't did it. But then, only reason someone kicked out of it, again, they didn't kick out. The the, the other dude came in and, like, pushed him off. And I hate every, we all know how I feel about yeah. that. I hate it. But I, I love the fact that even when illegal. it's not Kenny Omega that does it, even when Hangman Page does it, they're still protecting the move. You know? Like, it's still but the one-winged fucking angel. like it. <laughs> uh, I love how protected the one-winged angel is. Like... We've both discussed this many times, like the idea of having a finishing move and how we don't really like it in wrestling. But if you are going to have a finishing move, the one-winged angel is a perfect example of how to have a finishing move. You know? Like, make it a finishing move. Make it so no one ever kicks out that fucking thing, ever. Like, protect the shit out of it. That's how it's done. Um... And then, like, the match ends with Hangman Page just, like, fucking doing it all on his own. Like, he just 
takes both young bucks out with his own finishing move and gets to win and once again it sort of plays into that storyline of like he feels that like all of the other members of the elite looked down on him and he was the weak link blah 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 yet here he is been the only one like sort of left standing you know been the one who has to do all the hard work and the one that has to win the match for kenny and yeah that was the actual match itself but we don't stop there. There's a lot of stuff that happens sort of post-match. Um, <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> nothing, just the post-match. It was like, technically, a lot of stuff happened, but nothing happened. I was a bit annoyed because I expected there to either be a, a change or some resolution of something or like driving a story forward but it was just more of the same yeah it, it was, was just a continuation hey, we're gonna try and maybe reconciliation and he's like no i'm literally gonna turn my back to you and ignore you like a child's like i'm not listening and you're not here so um, and then it ended with just reinforcing my story because then he's handed a beer so so the main bit that people took away from this post-match is and this is something you might not have noticed, not been sort of a fan, but Omega and the Young Bucks, whenever they team up together, they have a thing they do like where it's a triple super kick, where all three of them do a super kick at once. And the way they always stand when they're posturing for it is Kenny's in the middle with one young buck on either side with their side to the person. And the person is at the other side of the ring, and they always wait for that person to turn around. And then step forward into the super kick. And there was a moment where Omega and the Young Bucks were stood on one side of the ring with Kenny in the middle, a Young Buck on either side, with their sides facing Adam Page. And Page turned around to face them and they all took a step forwards, but then just like approached him to see if he was okay. You know, like they proper teased Omega turning on Adam Page and joining the Young Bucks. And then Paige leaves the ring and Kenny, you know, says like a sort of last goodbye to the young bucks. And as he's sort of like heading, starting to like turn around to head over to Hangman Adam Page, Hangman stands in like the stance he always stands in before he does his buckshot lariat, like aimed right at Kenny. But then just, you know, holds the ropes open and lets Kenny through. So, like, they didn't just tease, like, a turn. They teased it both ways. So you, like, don't know who's going to be the one to turn on the other. Like, is Omega going to turn on Hangman? Or is Hangman going to turn on Omega? Who the fuck knows? Could go anywhere. Yeah, but, like, again, I have no desire to see where it goes. At least I didn't before because I was put off by what I thought was going on. Now I'd be more interested to see what happens, knowing that alcoholism is not the story we're going with here but i also want to be sure i really hope you edit your editors going forward can avoid putting stringing all those things together because who knows how many other people got the same story i did right yeah because a pay-per-view like one of the ideas is you know is like that might be a chance for new people to sort of you know tune in and stuff like that you know it's your big event um but I like that they teased it both ways. I like that, once again, there isn't an obvious, this guy's going to be the bad guy going forwards, or this guy is. You know what I mean? Like, they've still kept the doors open. It can go sort of any way, which is good storytelling. Good storytelling, you know, like, sometimes it's good storytelling can have a predictable ending, you know? 
and the like seeing that predictable ending come true makes it all the better but good storytelling also can sometimes be uncertainty you know the unknown the mystery and that's what's going on here like nobody knows which one of the two is gonna like everyone knows that tag team ain't gonna last but nobody knows sort of like how it's gonna actually break up you know and it's fun it's Everyone's exciting waiting to watch. waiting for waiting for it to happen yep um so yeah that's that's everything and also another thing i like how subtly they teased both turns you know like it didn't like they didn't force it down your throat and the commentators didn't even like really do a big highlight and you know they weren't like oh my god is kenny omega gonna turn on hangman page oh no he's just wanting to you know what i mean like they didn't go overboard with it they were subtle teases like you know, we've said it before, like, WWE treats you like you are brain dead and that they have to shove everything down your throat. Once again, AEW showing that they're different. They treat you as an intelligent person who will pick up on these subtle little hints, you know? They don't have to tell you the subtle hints. They expect you to just pick up on them. Yay for subtlety and storytelling. Yeah, like... like... My notes are all pretty much the same as yours, barring the ones where obviously you had story uh, or it's like, oh, I liked that, but would have liked it more if I wasn't just so turned off by the beginning. <laughs> like I say, like, uh, like one of the reasons I love this match so much was been a long-term viewer and been rewarded for being a long-term viewer. You know, all these references to the Bullet Club, to Ring of Honor, to New Japan, the reference to Kota fucking Ibushi, you know? Oh, that reference to Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega's tag. Can can Kota Ibushi just come wrestle in AEW, please? I want him and Omega yes, to reunite. Yes, I want him <laughs> back. I'd be so happy. Uh, you know, so normally I don't tell you what matches we're going to watch for each fucking But we have to finish the before... tournament we started because oh, I want to know we... who wins the tournament. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to finish it. We're, we're going to go back to regular scheduled. But I have to reveal... You know how we're doing tag matches at the moment? I have to reveal to you what we're watching for New Japan. I just have to. Do we get to watch Golden Lovers finally? Because I've wanted to forever. We've watched Golden... them wrestle each other, but we haven't watched them wrestle together. The Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks. Of course we are. I'm down. I mean, I did warn you that the Young Bucks are going to be fucking everywhere in this tag team like section. Well, because they're just like the one of the best so it makes sense that you want you want to give me the best chance of liking it as the non-wrestling yeah fan. it's so not my fault it's not my fault like they just are that good and have been for that long you know like this is in like basically any promotion you go to that's not wwe you look at what their best tag match is it's gonna fucking have the young bucks in like it's just how it goes but yeah like fucking the golden lovers versus the young bucks laura I'm I'm way more excited for the Golden Lovers than the Young Bucks. <laughs> I mean, it's New Japan Young Bucks, so it's different to AEW Young Bucks. <laughs> we'll pretend that's a thing. Um, but yeah, that was the match. Like this episode did not go how I thought it was gonna go, but it was interesting. You know, like seeing how just how sort of like much you like misinterpreted the intended storyline was fascinating you know 
And I don't mean that as like a fucking insult to you or anything, you know what I mean? Like, I realise it can sound a bit dodgy, but like, no, that is, it's just sort of what happened. Is they had a storyline they were yeah, trying no, to tell 100%. and you didn't get it. Like, you, you picked up something totally different. And like I say, hearing your reason for how you got that, I'm like, it makes sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, I can totally see how, like, like I say, the yeah, main I, I wasn't, is, I wasn't extrapolating some one, like, fixated yeah. on one obscure comment or like something. And also, Photoscope, it's not even like, like, alcoholism is not, has never played a major part in my life. Like, I don't have really family members that struggle with it. I've never had to like the like the closest is I have a good friend who's had like some history of that in her family, but like it's not something that, you know, I have a very emotional or deep history with. So it's not even like that's why I jumped to that. But it's like um the main one that stands out to me that may like I could totally see how you took it that way was the are you worried about hangman line? Like to me, I like I knew full well, but like when you like, I can totally see how that line could be read the other way. You know what I mean? Like you've just been seeing him like drinking beer and them taking him off the, the beer off it out of his hands, and saying that that's his problem. And then the very next line is, "Are you worried about a hangman?" Like it does sound like a you know like, "Are you worried about his alcoholism?" Like, but yeah, this episode didn't go how I wanted. Well, not how I wanted. That's not that's not the right word. It didn't go how I expected, but it was you know very interesting to hear how you you know interpreted things and the differences. I'd be really intrigued. I know um, uh, for anyone who does follow the uh, the Twitter for this podcast or anything, when we tweet out this episode because we always tweet out when they're live and stuff. Uh, if anyone listening also has twitter and if anyone interpreted it the way i did like i doubt you would because i'm pretty sure if you're watching aew you're like a fan because it's a newer promotion it's not something like wwe that people will just go into because like their family watches it or something right and you don't really know what's going on but just in case if there's anyone else who thought the same thing i'd love to know feel free to reply or like to the tweet and let us know or if you think I'm crazy, do that too. But I'll just tell you what you're wrong. Yeah, like, the, the, the funny thing is, you said, like, just to clarify, I wasn't extrapolating on, like, one small detail. And sort of, like, the funny thing is, in the grand scheme of things, like, you were because, like, say this is a storyline that's been going on for half a year. But here's what, like, this is sort of the point of the podcast, is you don't get to see that half a year build-up. You don't get to see that that was just one line said in one interview on one episode of AEW. You know what I mean? Like, in the grand scheme of things, that was a small moment. But you didn't see that. What you saw was a, like, 30-second video package where that was one of the key moments. You know, like, in the grand scheme of things, that was a small little moment of a great story. Combined with someone literally saying the words like problem and then immediately insinuating the word problem to a drink in his hand like come on but yeah that's my point is like in the grand scheme of things that was a small line like it was one line in a massive storyline but it wasn't sort of portrayed that way in that video package and that's that's sort of why we do this podcast is like seeing what you think of stuff when you don't have that background and that knowledge and that history you know that's sort of the point of the podcast. And it was fascinating. I hope that even though you didn't really enjoy the match, I hope you enjoyed the episode. <laughs> because 
Yeah, no, it's like it's, it was fun to then talk about it afterward and find out. Also, just reassuring because I was gonna be like, "Aw, is this a bad look? If this is if like this is actually what's happening here." And I had I was I was I was really enjoying it so far. I have really high hopes for you. Don't do this to me. No, like like I say the way they actually show his like alcohol consumption is just like he has a beer after he wins a match. Like it is like casual as out. You know what I mean? Um. It's definitely not portrayed in a sort of, you know, massively negative connotation or anything like that. Um, and like I say, that was that line was more just they were annoyed at him anyway and decided to blame it on the fact he drinks alcohol rather than actually him having an alcohol problem, you know? Um, but yeah, that was, that was fun. So, everyone, thank you for listening. As usual, like I said, if you don't follow us on Twitter, you know, follow the podcast on Twitter at MAM Wrestling. And hit us up with your thoughts on this one, because I'd be very, very interested to hear people's thoughts on this one. Because it, um, it was something, and you guys can probably hear my cat meowing in the background. You're not the only one with I mean, my, this is, this, I was going to say, this is just the episode for pets. Yeah, yeah. Like, being around. Yeah, like, my, my fucking dog had a seizure just before we started recording. Oh, she is. Your cat's meowing. My cat's meowing. My dog was licking himself so loud earlier that you could hear it on the fucking microphone. Like, yep. the pets normally, are just like, doing I their thing. my cat out of the room for audio quality, but A, I forgot. And then B, I was like, I could kick her out. But I've been away from home a lot lately, and she's had a lot of alone time, and I just feel bad because she's a very needy and social cat. So I was like, I don't want to kick you out. I think she'll be mad. So. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening, and we'll see you next time when we return to our regular scheduled broadcasting. Bye.